Every day, things are looking better and better for Donald Trump and the Republicans as polls are tightening. And now we got a pollster, the Trafalgar Group, coming out saying Donald Trump is going to get reelected. Now, in the long term, if we're looking at the economy, the Donald Trump victory sounds like it'll be good news for everybody. Most people or the majority of people, according to Gallup, are saying they're better off now than they were four years ago. So it's great if Donald Trump wins our long term prospects pretty good. However, our short term prospects are going to be kind of bad because they are predicting widespread civil unrest. And I believe it is fair to say it, it is a fact. It will occur. And I brought the receipts. You see, the NYPD has been training every single day and plans to deploy hundreds of extra cops for the, for the November 3rd election and its aftermath. But police boss insists there is no credible threat. I must ask you, why would the NYPD be concerned about unrest on November the 3rd? Are they going to be worried about the copious amounts of Trump supporters romping about New York City smashing things? No, they're worried about leftist unrest when Donald Trump wins. And I've got good news and bad news. You see, like I said, the good news in the long term for us, Donald Trump's looking like he's going to win. Of course, that's my personal bias. I would like to see Trump win for a lot of reasons. And there are probably a lot of people who don't want him to win. Well, you have the short term prospects of mass unrest and rioting on your side. I don't think any, anyone's going to be really happy about that for the most part, except for the fringe leftist lunatics who want to go around smashing things. But yes, we're already starting to see violence and tensions. Just the other day, I covered a story. Some Trump supporters apparently pulled up to a guy's house. He was putting down a Black Lives Matter sign. They honked his horn at him. He fired a shotgun at him. Things are getting spicy. And now we have two different stories of, uh, 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 you know, someone sending threatening letters to Trump supporters. And then apparently, and I don't believe this, someone, uh, someone claiming to be the Proud Boys is sending threatening letters to leftists demanding they vote for Donald Trump. I got to be honest. I take both stories with a grain of salt. But considering what we see from the left, considering the NYPD is preparing for unrest in the streets, and we actually have the website showing where the peaceful protests are going to be across the nation, it stands to reason, at least as far as I can tell, the leftist letters threatening Trump supporters probably real because that happens all the time. The right wing letters to the left demanding they vote for Trump. I don't buy. And I'll tell you why. The famous Ken Bone, you may remember him. He was at the town hall. Hillary Clinton asked a question and he warmed America's heart. This guy said he's voting for George Jorgensen. He then followed up saying the Trump supporters had been overwhelmingly nice to him when he said he was voting third party. And the left was attacking him, insulting him, saying he was supporting fascism and all this other nonsense. That's just the way things have been going. And if you don't want to believe me, fine, that's on you. But I brought the receipt. So let's read the news, see what's going on with the NYPD and then the good and the bad. Things are starting to look really, really good for Donald Trump. I'm going to say it. Trafalgar Group came out and said Donald Trump is going to win. And they're saying they're tracking. It's, it's great for Trump. The polls are tightening. Biden's lead is smaller in certain key swing states. And early voting is not good for Democrats. They're underperforming. Let's check out this first story and see what the NYPD is up to. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com slash donate if you would like to support my work. There are many ways you can give. There's a P.O. box. You want to send me some stuff. But the best thing you can do, share this video. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a quick little good news update. It appears following my uh, uh, substantive complaining on my channel about how I, my channels were blacklisted. 
many people started reporting that they can now search for my channel, which is really interesting. Apparently, somebody watched the video. Maybe they worked at Google and said, yo, pull them off that blacklist. And apparently it's happened. So I've even actually seen my channel reemerge. This is good news. But still, many people are reporting they can't find my channel. So I'll tell you this. For the time being, regardless of the reason why, I'll just say this. We are two, we are two weeks out from the election, less than two weeks, now 13 days. This information is very important as to how people decide their vote. So please consider sharing this if you think I am doing a good job of giving my perspective and sharing information with you that you think is important and other people should know. Sharing the video really, really does help my channel. And if if I'm doing a good job, it should help everybody. So I would appreciate it. But don't forget to like, subscribe, hit the notification bell, and let's read the news. NYPD has been training every day and plans to deploy hundreds of extra cops for the November 3rd election and its aftermath. But police boss insists there is no credible threat. Now, let's break this down real quick. It doesn't seem like anyone's threatening New York. Anyone's telling him we're going to do X to you. It seems like the NYPD understands what's going to happen regardless. In a press conference Tuesday, Chief Terrence Monahan insisted that they had received no credible threat for voting day in New York City. He added that police had been dealing with protests all summer and were ready to handle any post-election day demonstrations, which, of course, come from the left, not the right. But while he downplayed concerns surrounding the potential for violence after the election, as well as fears that Donald Trump supporters may have heeded the president's advice and turn up at polling stations to watch citizens vote, he conceded that the department was ramping up its training. We're more prepared. We've done more training, said Monaghan, who led the briefing that streamed live on Periscope. Chuck Wexler, executive director of the Police Executive Research Forum, noticed police chiefs around the country were extending shifts before Election Day. This year is unlike any year, he told The New York Times. The move comes after President Trump encouraged members of his base to watch the polls around the country. While uh, while armed where possible, I not I don't recall Trump saying that, but sure, a move which has been widely denounced as an intimidation tactic. This year's unrest and Trump's repeated rants about an election day being stolen, election being stolen by the left may embolden his fringe supporters to try and disrupt the election. Security experts told The Times Trump memorably told the Proud Boys, a white supremacist group to stand by during the first presidential debate. Listen, even honest leftists know the Proud Boys are not white supremacists. Even the Anti-Defamation League has said they are not, though they say there have been overlaps which are worthy of criticism. That's just absurd. Now, I think the Daily Mail is doing their best to try and insinuate it's Trump's fault they're ramping up. But come on, man, who really believes that Trump supporters are going to come out in mass numbers in New York City? Spare me. I don't buy it. There have not been waves of Trump flagging, Trump flag waving supporters going around smashing up storefronts. And no, they're not going to come out and threaten the polls. I'll tell you what might happen. A bunch of people waving Trump flags might be near polling sites, which I would discourage. And what we are seeing is that Trump supporters are volunteering as poll watchers, which is completely normal. But what's going to happen, in my opinion? We've already seen what happens in San Francisco. A black man was 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 protesting censorship from billionaires, billionaire tech corporations. And Antifa punched him in the face, knocking his teeth out. Okay, This is not the Trump supporters doing this. They're just waving little American flags. So no, I don't believe it's going to be about the Proud Boys showing up. The International Crisis Group, 
who monitors the world to alert for deadly conflicts, warned far-right militias could take matters into their own hands. But come on, in New York? Spare me, dude. We would never predict civil war, but isolated incidents of violence could be quite serious, said Robert Malley, the president of the group. People are afraid. Elizabeth Burdick, a Pennsylvania Trump supporter who owns a gun store, told the New York Times, they're afraid of what's going to happen after the election, she explained, adding that gun sales have been crazy. We advise our cops their job is to maintain the peace. The training includes how to tackle natural disasters, protests, violence, suspicious packages, explosive devices. He added that there will be a much bigger police presence than previous election years, saying there'll be a lot of cops out there. The surge of officers will be deployed from October 26, two days after early voting begins in the city. Regardless of the threats and political uncertainty bound to arrive in the coming days, Chief Monahan has one message for the people of New York City to the public. Have no fear. Come out and vote. I don't think you should fear anything as well. Go out and vote. The police are there to protect the polling sites. I think it will go off for the most part without a hitch. Now, after the election is where things start getting spicy. I want to show you this website, Protect the Results. I love this. You know why? They act like only Donald Trump will lose. Organizing to protect the results of the 2020 election. We are building a coalition of voters ready to mobilize if Donald Trump refuses to accept the results of the 2020 presidential election. And what if you refuse to accept the results because Donald Trump is actually doing better and better. Well, as we can see, regardless of what happens, they believe people believe there will be riots. I think if Trump loses, he's not, there's not going to be. I mean, look, if Trump loses and it's very, very clear and Biden comes in with a 10 point lead and the Electoral College is just, you know, totally Democrat, Trump's going to say we lost. He said it or he said, he, what, what did he say? Black Lives Matter is a Marxist organization. And, you know, if I'm wrong, I lose an election. If Trump loses, it will be peaceful. That's the unfortunate reality for the conservatives right now. They're, they seem to be playing ball and, and negotiating and cooperating. And the left, not so much. Nancy Pelosi won't come to the table on stimulus and riots seem likely. Now, what happens if Donald Trump wins? Do you think these protests just won't happen? No, Trump's going to win and they're going to say it's not fair. And they're going to challenge Trump saying he won't respect the results of the elections. Let, let, let me clarify. Let's say Trump wins narrowly. Let's say Joe Biden gets a massive popular vote victory because we're going to see California, Chicago and New York light up there. We got we got historic voter turnout coming, man. Texas as well. Let's say Donald Trump wins the Electoral College, but there's like a seven point popular vote swing for Biden. Oh, there will be serious mass unrest. And what they'll probably end up saying is the results of the election are clear the popular vote is not for Trump. He needs to respect the results. And if Trump says, I go by the Electoral College, they'll say unfair and they'll you know, call for all this crazy nonsense or whatever. Now, of course, they say they want to prevent a constitutional crisis. Throughout American history, when a president has lost re-election, he always stepped down, blah, blah, blah. We get it. They say Trump is ignoring norms and chipping away democratic process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We saw all of that with the Democrats from 2016 until literally it's still going on. So no, I'm sorry. I'm not interested in hearing about how Trump won't accept the results. What does give me concern, however, are these next stories. Trump supporters receive menacing letters threatening to burn down their homes. Police in Milford, New Hampshire said they're working to track down the culprits who mailed the letters to several Trump supporters in the small town. While cops in nearby Brookline 
reported that at least two residents there have also gotten threatening correspondence. I was kind of shocked that anyone would send a letter out with that type of threat. Brookline Police Chief Bill Quigley told the outlet. So that's happening. Then we have this threatening emails sent to Democratic voters in multiple states. Now, this one, I'm sorry, I don't believe. And that's just my bias. Okay, and all these lefties are going to be like, it's true. It's happening. Apparently, these people are claiming to be proud boys or whatever. That's what they're saying. We're, we're, we're the official Proud Boys. The leader of the Proud Boys, a far right group known for street violence, told you today in CNN in a statement that his group is not responsible for the emails, which appeared to have been sent from an email address affiliated with the group, but may have been the result of spoofing software. One expert told CNN, no, it wasn't us. The people who sent the emails used a spoofing email that pretended to be us. Enrique said, whoever did this should be in prison for a long time. We have spoken to the FBI and are working with them. I hope whoever did this is arrested for voter intimidation and for maliciously impersonating our group. Listen, if the Proud Boys really wanted to threaten people into voting for Trump, I don't I don't think they would go about it this way. Like, hey, we're the Proud Boys. You know, you better vote for Trump because that's clearly not going to work. And if they were actually sending official Proud Boys correspondence, they wouldn't deny it later. That's just ridiculous. They're saying no. In fact, even Vice acknowledges the emails appear to be using spoofed email addresses are originating from Estonia. Probably not real. But we are seeing some uh, we're, we're seeing an escalation of this of, of this this rage. Right. Lindsey Graham was accosted by two hostile and unhinged women at the D.C. airport who called Judge Amy Coney Barrett racist and unqualified to be on the Supreme Court. I show this for two reasons. What we're seeing is the trap. Amy Coney Barrett being attacked and insulted can trigger the Kavanaugh effect, which is when Republicans get riled up and become enthusiastic to vote against Democrats because of behavior like this. But we're also seeing an escalation of this confrontational tactic that Democrats have been calling for over and over again. I'm sorry, that's just the reality. You had what Maxine Waters saying, get in their faces. Nancy Pelosi saying, why aren't there more uprisings? Many Democrats have said more, more, more. Well, now you're getting it. I'm not a fan of Lindsey Graham. I think he's kind of useless, to be completely honest. And I think he's kind of weak. But to see these women, you know, coming after him, yelling at him and insulting Amy Coney Barrett is just an example of the anger and the animosity that, that, that we're seeing that has me worried. Now, here's the one my, I love the most. Pat Robertson. That's right. Pat Robertson said, if you thought 20, uh, if you thought 2020, if you thought 2020 was bad, Pat Robertson says a, a period of violence will follow a Trump election win. And then an asteroid will hit the earth. Okay. I don't know about all that second part, but the first part I kind of agree with. Robertson 90 has said Donald Trump will win without question. He warned of violence in the votes wake, then years of extraordinary peace. After that, an asteroid would strike the earth, maybe bringing the end. Uh huh. Okay. This is at least the third time the elderly preacher has predicted the world's end. So, uh, forgive me if I'm not going to take him at his word about the asteroid slamming into the earth, but I gotta say, Neil deGrasse Tyson said there is a possible possibility of an asteroid slamming in Earth the day before the election. So maybe we only have 12 days left. Sure, I won't hold my breath. Now, as for the violence, however, and the fighting in the streets and the threatening letters and the conflict and crisis and all the crazy. Yeah, I'm pretty much betting on that for sure. Uh, it's one of the reasons I don't want to be anywhere near a city. Not that I think there's going to be a grand civil war in, in, in terms of like historical grandiose sense. 
But I do think we're experiencing some kind of fourth generational civil war. And what's interesting is that the left, I, I believe it was actually the left that, that coined this phrase years and years ago, the cultural civil war. I don't think that was the right who started that. The first time I ever heard it came from a leftist because, uh, for, for some reason or another at, uh, at VidCon. Now, perhaps it was the right. I don't know. But they called it the cultural civil war. Well, now it's extended to the realm of politics because politics is downstream from culture. We'll see what happens next. But I can tell you this, regardless of what you want to call it, violence. Now, here's the good news for the Trump supporters and the bad news for those who don't like riots. Pollster who predicted 2016 election says Donald Trump is on track to win again with the help of hidden support from quiet voters who don't do polls. Trafalgar Group chief pollster Robert Cahaley says Trump is likely to be reelected with the help of hidden support. Cahaley says the latest Trafalgar polls show Trump is, a, is in a slight lead in key states, including Michigan, Florida, Arizona, and Ohio. He says that the, poll, the polls don't account for shy Trump voters who don't participate in surveys and are quiet in their support of Trump for fear of backlash. In 2016, the group was one of the few that showed Trump leading in Pennsylvania, Florida, and Michigan on the eve of voting day, which Trump later won. They accounted for this. Check it out. Trafalgar has Trump at up 0.6 in Michigan. He is up several points in Ohio. This is amazing. Over 4.7 points, it looks like. Then you have Wisconsin. Trump is actually down by just shy of one point. Georgia, Trump is up over six points. So I don't look, don't take my it's not my word. I'm not the one predicting this. I know people are going to be like, Tim kept saying Trump was going to win. And then he doesn't win. They're going to I don't know. I really don't. But I'll, I'll take Trafalgar Group at their word. There's a lot of pollsters. And there are a lot of polls and there's a lot of reasons to believe Trump is not going to win. Maybe he will, because things are getting better and better. I want to show you this. Eddie Zipperer, who is this guy? He's a verified Twitter's opinion writer, host of Politics for Patriots podcast. And he says this. RCP average for Pennsylvania shows Biden lead falling to 3.7. On this day in 2016, Clinton's lead was 6.2 percent. Trump won Pennsylvania. RCP average. Biden's lead in Florida is 1.6. On this day in 2016, Clinton's was 4.3 and Trump won them both. So don't be surprised if Trump ends up actually winning. New state polls show narrowing leads for Joe Biden in key battlegrounds, including a single point edge in Florida and North Carolina. And this is coming from ABC Washington Post. The Washington Post endorsed Joe Biden. I'm telling you, man, it's looking better and better for Donald Trump. Biden leads Trump 40 to 47 in Florida in a new Northern Florida University poll. Two new polls show a dead heat in Georgia. The Washington Post ABC poll has Biden's lead down to one point in North Carolina. The snapshot polls come amid a durable national polling lead for Biden that has also given the Democrats multiple paths to victory. I'm gonna stop right there. Party affiliation for Democrats is down. You may have heard me talk about it in the previous segments, uh, past couple of days. When these pollsters sample, they try to get a sample of uh, voters based on the 2016 results. It makes sense. The best they can do. What that means is they want to make sure that a thousand people they ask, a 31 percent are Democrat, you know, 27 percent are independent, and then like 28 percent are Republican. Something like that. Those, those aren't exact numbers. That is what they use the basis for their polls. So what that means is they probably ask more people than a thousand, but they remove excess to make sure the proportions are correct based on 2016. 
Now, here's the problem. If party affiliation for Democrats has gone down and the advantage is now Republican plus one, then the polls are weighted improperly. And it's just that simple. Now, Nate Silver over at 538 says you can't just look at 2016 and say, here's what's going to happen. But Nate Silver doesn't seem to call out the weighting issue of these polls. It's called a weighted poll. The models they use, many of them are, are proprietary, so I don't even know, will say out of, you know, 330 of the people we asked were Democrats. So, of course, they said Joe Biden. 270 were independent. That was interesting. They said this. And, you know, 280 were Republican. If you take 500 Democrats and 400 Republicans and ask them who they're voting for, don't be surprised when you're like, the majority of people said Joe Biden. That's the problem. If party affiliation has shifted, then these polls are way off. Now, I want to show you this general election, Trump v. Biden. You should not have your hopes up. Maybe. Well, no, 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 I'm sorry. You should have your hopes up for Trump victory. He's doing better and better and better. But it's not in the bag. Check this out. General election, Trump versus Biden national. Oh, I'm sorry. This is top. Uh, I believe this is a uh, general election national. I believe it's national. Yes. So and then we have uh, top battlegrounds. I'll pull that one up next. But check this out. Right now, Joe Biden is averaging a 7.9% lead over Donald Trump. In 2016, Hillary Clinton did not enjoy such wide national polling averages. In fact, there were periods where Trump actually surpassed her. May of 2016. We can see at one point in July, Trump was above Hillary. And when it came just before Election Day, October, Hillary was about six or seven points above Trump. And then finally, only about 1.7. In the end, Clinton's national popular vote lead was 2.1% on average. Oh, the final results of the polls, I'm sorry. Hillary Clinton was up about a point or so. Let's take a look at battlegrounds, however. In battlegrounds, Joe Biden is enjoying a four-point lead over Donald Trump. This is a reason to believe Trump is not necessarily on track for a victory. We don't know for sure. But let's take a look at 2016 battlegrounds just for fun. In the 2016 battlegrounds, it was back and forth with Trump actually taking a lead in battlegrounds throughout October. People like to say that the polls were wrong. They were kind of wrong. The bigger question is, will the polls be very seriously wrong this time around? And my belief is yes, very, very much so. Cancel culture has gotten worse. Violence has gotten worse. And I've been talking to people I know in the Chicago suburbs who publicly have no signs, no flags, nothing. And I have friends in Chicago in the suburbs who tell me they don't see any signs for Trump, but they don't see any signs for Biden. And it made them wonder about who's, you know, who people are actually going to support. They told me they plan to vote for Trump, mostly because of the riots and because they're scared. And they're scared to talk to their neighbors about it because they don't know who's going to go and smash their windows out, who's going to threaten them. Now, the left wants to pretend that doesn't exist. But the NYPD right now is training for unrest and violence. And forgive me if the narrative from the Daily Mail is that it's because of Trump, you know, uh, saying go out and watch the polls. Maybe. But I just don't see Trump supporters showing up in New York City. That doesn't seem to make sense. No, I mean, they'll be there, but like in large enough numbers to cause mass unrest, that just seems kind of ridiculous. Across the country, the left is already mobilizing for unrest. Many people are warning it is going to get violent. And the funniest of all, Pat Robertson actually went on to say that immediately an asteroid comes and kills us all. Okay, I don't know about all that. All right. But yeah, I mean, 
I assume most of you agree with me. There is going to be violence and unrest. And the left was not able to accept the results of 20 uh, of 2016. The political establishment smeared Trump relentlessly for years, and they're still doing it with lies about Russia, Russia, Russia. And now you have the far left since Trump got inaugurated, smashing and rioting. And it's only been getting worse as time goes on. So what do you think is going to happen? When I see the Hunter Biden laptop scandal, when I see Joe Biden's emails, when I see how corrupt he is, but the left says the same of Trump, it looks like there is there really are two different realities. And I love it when CNN says the Trump people live in a paranoid, you know, they, they live in an alternate universe. We do. Yes, the 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 people like you and me who, uh, you know, you seek out content like this, you watch my videos, we do live in a parallel universe, but it's the it's Earth Prime. Yeah, Earth Prime. They're the ones in the splinter universe where they don't know what's really going on. They say things like Antifa is nothing. They're not even, there's an idea. There's no Antifa. They're not even scary. It's just it's just some guy. Yeah, Antifa shot and killed a Trump supporter in Portland. Michael Rhino. Pretty sure that qualifies as being scary when they're going around and stalking people. I'm pretty sure it qualifies as scary when they threaten to burn down your home. When they march to the streets, violently rioting for now 140 plus days. And to be fair, most of it's in Portland and the Pacific Northwest. But to act like these things aren't happening would be insane. And it's exactly what the mainstream media is doing. I can only predict now that everything we've seen is only going to get worse. And I ask you, our long-term prospects for Donald Trump winning, uh, our long-term prospects after Donald Trump victory, quite good in many ways. For one, law enforcement, he's going to shut down the riots. He's going, uh, the economy is going to get better. So that'll be great. And short-term, riots and violence, not so good. But the alternative is worse. The long-term prospects and the short-term prospects of a Joe Biden victory will be horrifying. They'll still protest Joe Biden. They've said it. They said if Joe Biden wins, they will still riot. They will still protest. Then Joe Biden will give in and you will get no law and order and the economy will be seriously hurt. I'm not interested in that. I don't know about all of you, but I would like to see a prosperous economy moving forward. And Trump brought us the best numbers of our lives pre-COVID. Things got to go back to normal. And I don't know what normal means at this point, but I'll tell you what, if Joe Biden wins, we're not going to get any kind of normal that you might, you know, many of these people, many people are hoping for. The best thing we can hope for is that Donald Trump wins and the Democrats and the media learn. The American people do. We, we reject what you represent. We reject your, your hegemonic media, you know, conglomerates. We reject the lies and we want a good economy. And Joe Biden had his chance for 47 years. And what did he get done? Not enough, I'll tell you that. But hey, I'll leave it there. I don't know what you should do. I don't think you should be too scared. I think you should be vigilant and prepared. But uh, I, th- I think election night will go, will go by without a hitch. And I got to be honest, I do think Trump is going to win. But uh, we'll see. Next segment's coming up at 6 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastnews. It is my other channel. Check it out. I will see you then. And thanks for hanging out. Things are getting weird in Hunter Biden world with this story from Just the News. Rudy Giuliani files police report on purported Hunter Biden laptop alleging child endangerment. A few days ago, there were photos going viral. Many leftists were sharing them laughing. One joke I saw, because it's a photo of Hunter Biden, I believe, doing coke off of the butt of a female. 
Okay. Yes. Now that we've uh, we've gone there and we're no longer family friendly, let's just move on. Uh, apparently, this was the photo, and leftists were saying this is the coolest thing the Democrats have ever done. <laughs> Uh, however, many people then started saying the woman in question was underage. Now, I don't know if that's true. In fact, I have no evidence to suggest it is other than the fact that the photos are being removed, but they're probably removed because the picture of a dude doing drugs on the butt of another person. So that's, I don't even know if it was Hunter Biden. Okay. I'm bringing it up just because it's a part of this ridiculous saga, but now we have something crazier. Apparently there are some text messages where Hunter Biden says something to the effect of, uh, according to these texts, Something to the effect of he was accused of walking around naked, smoking crack in front of an underage girl of some sort. Uh, we don't know the name of the individual or, or much details about the individual. That's why I say some sort. So this is he says it, something like she says it didn't happen, but it sounds like he's talking to a therapist that someone's accusing him of doing these things. Maybe he does them. I don't know if that is exactly what Rudy Giuliani is referring to, but the laptop in question the emails in question have been submitted to law enforcement. Apparently, uh, law enforcement is now confirming this, but it's going to the state DOJ in Delaware, and I believe the FBI, who have not confirmed anything. And the left has been desperate to do everything they can to lie and claim this is not real. We're going to read through this, and I'm going to make sure it's very family friendly. But Rudy Giuliani was asked, I mean, isn't this po- politicking? We're less than two weeks out from the actual election day. The election is occurring right now. And you're calling to the cops saying Hunter Biden's, you know, putting kids in danger. And he said the law in Delaware requires you to notify the police if you believe that there is a child in danger, in which case it may be politically expedient for Rudy Giuliani, for sure. My question is, how long has Rudy Giuliani had this laptop? And why didn't he notify the police a long time ago? You see, if he's claiming he has to inform the police because of the law, shouldn't he have done so as soon as he became aware of this? But I guess I can't tell you when he became aware of this. I just think we're looking at dirty politics. You know, look, here's the challenge. If you were to ask me, is Rudy Giuliani and his his friends and Ben and all that, are they releasing this in October to manipulate the election or to, I shouldn't say manipulate, but to influence voters? Yes. That's my, I, I firmly believe that's the case, especially if, it ha- if they've had this laptop for a long time. Does that change whether or not we should react to this? Does it change whether or not the information is true? No, uh, we should react the same way we would no matter when they released it. They just happened to release it when it was ex- politically expedient. And should this change who we consider voting for? Yes. Will it? Probably not. I mean, look, there's, there's pro-Trump and anti-Trump. That's what we're dealing with right now. The problem with this Hunter Biden story and Joe Biden is that for the most part, nobody cares. Nobody likes Joe Biden. They're just voting against Trump. To be fair, though, there are probably a decent amount of people that can be swayed because they are voting for Joe Biden. Now, we have this story. We also have a few others. Check this out. The FBI and Justice Department concur with the director of national intelligence, Ratcliffe. The laptop is not a part of Russian disinformation. Now, what I love about this is This is what they're claiming. The FBI and DOJ have basically been like, the DNI said it's legit. It's not Russian disinfo. And we can extrapolate from there. Hunter Biden is crooked. He's kicking back sweet deals to his pops, half his salary, whatever. And pops is using his son as an intermediary to make money off of his office. What do we get from mainstream media? 
FBI says it has, quote, nothing to add to Ratcliffe's remarks about Hunter Biden. The Washington Post can't just say it. It's real. It is real. It is happening. Own it. But no, Joe Biden went to hiding. Can you believe that? He went to hiding (laughs) until Thursday, the final debate. Wow. We also get a bunch of these really ridiculous attempts at, at, you know, from the from the leftist activists. Here's one from Popular Info. Steve Bannon's unhinged version of the Hunter Biden conspiracy reaches millions on YouTube. I want to go through this because I can debunk this like that. It is sophistry. It is a desperate attempt to say it's not real. It's not real. Uh, It's real. The FBI says it's real. They have the laptop. It is not Russian disinformation. The emails have been corroborated and confirmed by multiple sources. Try as you might mainstream media. It is not going to work. Keep in mind, the Washington Post endorsed Joe Biden. And I think now USA Today did as well. These these outlets are 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 they're they're helping the Democrats. They're they're telling us they're doing it. Rudy Giuliani files police report. Let's read this. I do want to I do want to mention something, too, though. Apparently, my complaining has paid off. And uh, it looks like my the blacklist on my channels has actually been lifted in some regions. So I'm getting conflicting reports. Some people saying that my channels still won't appear on Google search and some saying it will. I went and checked. I can actually see my channels on Google now. So that's good news. But there's still a lot of people who are reporting that my channel is not coming up, which means in certain regions, you can't share these videos. So or I'm sorry, you can't search for them. That's why you should share them if you want to support the channel. And don't forget to subscribe. Here's what they say. Let's, let's talk about this weird child endangerment thing. Rudy Giuliani, one of President Trump's private attorneys, has reported to Delaware police concerns that materials on a laptop purportedly tied to Hunter Biden contained evidence of possible child endangerment. Giuliani, a former U.S. attorney and New York City mayor, confirmed Tuesday night he went Monday to a local police department in Wilmington to report his concerns of child endangerment. Wow. And 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 sexual exploitation. Giuliani told Just the News that former New York Police Department commissioner Bernard Carrick joined him when they delivered photographs and text messages to the Newcastle County Police Department. I told them other details about what appears to be inappropriate sexual relationship. He said in an interview, they told me it would be investigated. Law enforcement officials in Delaware told just the news that Giuliani's concerns have been forwarded to the State Department of Justice. The spokesman for the Newcastle for Newcastle County Police referred reporters to the State Justice Department. The spokesman for the state agency did not immediately return a call for email seeking comment. I'm going to stop you right there. And I'm going to say just the news is NewsGuard certified. Okay, NewsGuard says just the news is credible with some exceptions. They don't disclose ownership. They gather information. They don't gather information responsibly. They don't handle the difference between opinion very well, but it is not publishing fake news. It does correct. It does not have deceptive headlines and they reveal who's in charge. So all that matters, not false information. Just the news has said that local law enforcement, okay, uh, uh, officials told them Giuliani's concerns were forwarded. That means Giuliani did go to the police with this information. That's all we know right now. Now, I wonder what the materials are. And I wonder if this story is just a gross exaggeration to really go after the Bidens. But I got to tell you, man, Joe Biden, come on. Come on, man. You know, to quote Joe Biden, we've seen the photos and videos of him groping children, sniffing them. It makes me wonder about his family. 
and what was possibly on these on these laptops. I'm going to stress this again. Hunter Biden's laptop, according to Giuliani, he says he thinks it shows uh, concerns. It gives him concerns about sexual exploitation. We've seen Joe Biden grabbing children. We've seen him groping women from behind and sniffing their hair. It's disgusting. He's had to apologize for this. And now we're hearing. I'm, I'm sorry, man. Look, I'm not going to pretend there's direct evidence of this. But in my personal opinion, I would lean towards believing it. Now, I, I really do want evidence. And I will tell you this. I am very skeptical because of the timing of this. You tell me what it was. Otherwise, I am disinclined to believe this. I, I, I think it is too close to the election to come out and make these accusations. But I got to be honest. That's that's my like my BS detector being like, come on, man. Right now, that that makes me doubt the veracity of any any of these claims. But then I look at all the videos of Joe Biden and there have been a lot of creepy questions about what Joe does. I mean, listen, Joe apologized for inappropriately touching women over and over again. Look, Trump has been accused as well. Right. Joe Biden has been accused. And now we're hearing about this. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, man. I wouldn't put it past their family. Let's read more. A senior federal law enforcement official told Just the News on Tuesday night, the FBI is in possession of the laptop and that the bureau concurs with the director of national intelligence, John Ratcliffe's assessment, that the laptop is not part of, of, a, of a Russian intelligence operation, as some Democrats have alleged. That official declined to discuss the contents of the laptop. So now you have Just the News and Fox News confirming this. And of course, the Washington Post saying nothing to add because they couldn't say the words. The letter from the FBI basically said, you heard what the what Ratcliffe had to say. We have nothing to add to that. Ratcliffe said it wasn't Russian disinformation. The FBI did not deny it. They just said nothing, nothing to add to it, suggesting what he said is legitimate. At the very least, they go on to say FBI is in possession. The official uh, declined to discuss the contents of the laptop. Hunter Biden's attorney, George Mizires, did not immediately return a call seeking comment. The Biden presidential campaign communications director, Kate Bedingfield, did not immediately respond to an email seeking comment. Giuliani said the materials he gleaned from the controversial laptop, which a Delaware computer shop owner alleges was left with him by Hunter Biden, gave him concern for the welfare of a minor girl. Giuliani declined to identify the alleged minor victim who was in the photos. And, and he shouldn't. And this, this is what makes it a, a serious challenge. All, all I can tell you right now is law enforcement says they did receive his, uh, uh, you know, his concerns and they forwarded them on and, and the evidence and all that stuff. Does that mean the photos are damning? It doesn't. Does it mean the emails are damning? It does not. Giuliani could just say it because they can't comment on it, nor, nor can they name the minor and no one's going to get into detail. That's why I'm like skeptical. Don't want to believe this. But, uh, man. <laughs> it's Joe Biden. Quote, there were many texts which I gave to them that point out the family was concerned about the safety of a child. Giuliani said, I will tell you the evidence I gave them states it was reported to Joe Biden. What did he do about it? Giuliani dismissed suggestions that filing a police report as Trump's private attorney two weeks before Election Day should be deemed political. The conduct, quote, the conduct falls under the mandatory reporting requirements for child endangerment, Giuliani said. If I was the U.S. attorney or the mayor or Bernie was still the commissioner, it would have been a crime for us not to report what we had. Okay. Rudy, how long did you have that laptop? Have you had it for a year or for six, seven months? When did you actually go and start looking at the stuff? I can't pers- I, I, I personally just don't believe he didn't know about this until just right now. But maybe, 
Maybe Rudy didn't have it. I don't know. The shop owner apparently said uh, uh, the timeline is murky, but it's been reported when he gave the information to the FBI, they didn't do anything. And then he had had a copy that he gave to Rudy Giuliani. So I don't know when, who got what, but the FBI apparently had this for a long time. Now I'm curious as to what's on this and why the FBI hasn't looked into it as well. Probably because the FBI is, uh, I don't know. There are people in the FBI who are lazy, incompetent, or pro-Democrat. The Delaware Child Abuse and Prevention Treatment Act mandates reporting by any person, agency, organization, or entity who knows or in good faith suspects child abuse or neglect. The police report is the latest drama to unfold from the week-old Biden laptop revelations, news about which influence uh, influential social media sites choose to block from public view, including the New York Post. Facebook and Twitter did not disclose the details of the potential harm, conservative uh, potential harm. That's why they uh, censored it. Conservatives have pointed out that the FBI has possessed the computer materials for a year. Giuliani said the FBI's apparent inaction factored into his decision to report the matter to local police. The FBI has had this for a long time. No indication they did anything about this. So I went to, to the local police and said, what are you going to do about this? Delaware attorney General Kathy Jennings was a protege of Bo Biden who served as the state's attorney general from 07 to 2015. She began her tenure as state prosecutor in 2011 and was named Delaware's top law enforcement officer in 2019. Yada, yada. I've known Jill, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So we we have, we have independent confirmation from Fox News. Now, the first thing the left is going to say is the mainstream media doesn't uh, support this and Fox News is lying. It's fake news. What's just the news? Fox News and just the news are certified as credible by uh, NewsGuard. Now, they're not deemed to be, uh, they don't differentiate between opinion, so they say. And the news, and NewsGuard itself is biased, but they say these are credible sources that do not publish false information. Then it is true, at least to the best of our understanding of these news outlets. And I'm not surprised that Washington Post, for instance, won't dig into this. They endorsed Biden. Don't be surprised when all the papers come out and endorse Biden. I want to show you this, though. I love the desperate attempts from the leftists to debunk when they can't. Steve Bannon's unhinged version of the Hunter Biden conspiracy reaches millions on YouTube. Popular Info is a very prominent activist who writes these things that just gives the confirmation bias to the left so they can say, aha, that proves it. But it's sophistry. It's not a real argument. It's not logical. It is manipulation. You see, I'll do a segment like this, okay? And I'll say, yes, this happened. Yes, the police are aware of this. I don't trust it. Here's why I don't trust it. That's the best thing I can say. It may be true, but the timing is suspect. But there's no reason to believe it's false. The emails from Hunter Biden appear to be confirmed by multiple sources. The FBI and the DOJ say it's not Russian disinfo. But this is the warm blanket the left needs to just feel like Joe Biden's not crooked and his family is not corrupt. Because they these people want to manipulate those into gaining power. Listen, let's say this. Donald Trump's got a lot of problems, but Donald Trump has been in office for under just under four years. So if I had to make a choice between two people who are accused of being crooked and corrupt, I'm going to take the guy who's been in for a tenth of the time as the guy who's in for 47 years and is now rich off of public office. I don't like it. I don't like the idea of people running for office and getting rich. And on the surface, Donald Trump was a billionaire who ran for office and then lost money. It's kind of the inverse. Trump's got a lot of accusations. I don't like many of them. And I've openly criticized the president for uh, uh, trying to bring, you know, using his own golf resorts and stuff for for government function, because even if it's a discount, it's still benefiting his businesses. It is filling empty slots, right? Being having a vacant business is a loss. 
breaking even for you and giving a discount to them is still you breaking even. I can criticize that all day. So I think we need to be rational and reasonable about what's going on between these two candidates. Joe Biden is corrupt. He's been accused of being corrupt for years, and it's only now they're rushing to his defense. Well, here's what the activists are spreading around. YouTube, Google's video subsidiary, is providing massive distrib- distribution to a 22-minute video packed with disinformation about Joe Biden and his son. The video, which appeared on Sky News Australia, features Steve Bannon, a Trump, a Trump advisor, who was charged with fraud, blah, blah, blah. Let's get to the meat and potatoes here. The segment has been viewed 2.9 million times on YouTube in two days and is being heavily promoted by YouTube's algorithm. At the same time, YouTube is running ads from the Trump campaign at the top of its homepage. Aw, poor baby. Welcome to politics. Videos can be shared and politicians can buy advertisements. Bannon's interview concerns a series of articles published by the New York Post that allegedly disclose emails and other materials from Hunter Biden's laptop. Full stop. That's confirmed now. It's been confirmed by the New York Post, Fox News, and Just the News. And the FBI confirmed the existence of the laptop and said it wasn't Russian disinfo. So drop the allegedly. He goes on to say, Rudy Giuliani, Trump, Trump's lawyer, says he obtained the hard drive from a computer repair shop. The repair shop owner claims Hunter Biden dropped off the laptop and never retreated. Both Sky News and Australia are owned by Murdoch. Sure. According to the New York Times, the key article about the laptop was written mostly by a staff reporter who refused to put his name on it. That reporter, Bruce Golding, did not allow his byline to be used because he had concerned over the article's credibility. I'm going to stop right there. This is very, very clever manipulation. Why would Bruce Golding write an article, but then claim it wasn't credible when he is the one who wrote it. Did you ever be like, you know, I personally witnessed uh, a man running down the street with a baseball bat chasing after a gopher, but I trust my own. I I don't trust my own credibility. So I'm not going to tell anybody I'm the one who saw it. That makes literally no sense. None whatsoever. It is manipulative. Perhaps Bruce Golding was asked to verify a name or a store and said, I don't want a byline on this paper. And then they conflate it to be it, it, it was most it was written mostly by a staff reporter. We don't want his name on it. Could it be he didn't want his name on it because of the political ramifications? Why would he doubt his own credibility? That's just one argument for me so far. Here's what here, let's let's go on. He says Bannon's first lie is the smoking gun. Why is it? A, he, he mentions, you know, Joe Biden was trying to help his son. That's the accusation. A Ukrainian uh, uh, executive apparently said, thank you for, for uh, inviting me to meet DC, to, uh, inviting me to DC to meet with your father. Why is it a smoking gun? The Sky News host, Sherry Markson, said that top prosecutor in Ukraine, Victor Shokin, was investigating Burisma. Uh, Joe Biden, according to Markson, threatened to withhold one billion in aid for Ukraine. Markson asked Bannon, does this lead to the suggestion that Biden may uh, may have corruptly used American foreign policy as leverage to enrich his family? I don't think there's any doubt of that, Ben replies. And then the article says, except this is a lie. Burisma was not under active investigation by Shokin when Biden called for his ouster in 2015. And did you catch it? Did you catch the manipulation? You've got to watch for this stuff in the mainstream media. They do this all the time. Here's the trick. Burisma was not under active investigation by Shokin. That's the manipulative, assumptive language, and that's how they do it. Burisma was under investigation, period. The investigation had gone inactive. Why? We don't know. But there was an investigation. Now, it could be that evidence stalled, or it could be that Mykola Zlachewski of Burisma fled the country. So the investigation was inactive. 
However, this is the founder of Burisma, and Victor Shokin signed a sworn affidavit that he was going to investigate. Apparently, let's read more. He was, uh, uh, Shokin was corrupt, and his removal was advocated by the international community. Biden, pushing for Shokin's ouster, subjected Burisma to more scrutiny, not less. Full stop. Lie. Not true. First of all, why are we acting at the behest of the international community to get a prosecutor fired in Ukraine? Sure, I guess we wanted to clean up corruption because we want Ukraine to join NATO and things like that. So there, there's reasons, but I don't like the idea of the U.S. doing things like this, withholding, you know, bribing countries. More importantly, he says, Biden pushing for Shokin's ouster subjected Burisma to more scrutiny. The prosecutor that came in, thanks to Joe Biden, cleared Zlochevsky of all wrongdoing. So that's all that's wrong. That's that's not true. In the end, Biden's actions got Burisma off the hook. And it wasn't until 2018 that Zlochevsky actually started facing more scrutiny. Hunter Biden bailed ship, uh, uh, jumped off the board of directors around the same time all of this was coming to light. Biden says he never met with Pazarsky and that no record of a meeting appears on his official calendar. That's not true. Biden's campaign responded, saying they have no record of a meeting taking place, but it's possible he did meet him unofficially at some point. This is what they do. They, they, they lie to manipulate. He says, Bannon second lie, Joe Biden's business in China. This is, my, this is my favorite one. Joe Biden's business in China. He says, there is no email that establishes that Joe Biden is in business with a Chinese energy company. The emails have not all been released, dude. So calm your, uh, <laughs> hold back your blade. You cannot just come out and say, there's no emails. You don't know that. Biden, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Bannon and Giuliani said they're going to be releasing them in the next couple of days. We're 13 days out. By day 10, they, were, they said they're going to publish the hard evidence of Joe Biden being corrupt. I don't know why they're waiting so long, but sure, I guess. This is the desperate attempt they have. And then he goes on to complain about YouTube. YouTube algorithm is serving up the misinformation and they're profiting off this. Ah, too bad. They have nothing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to I say it. I mean, look, I, I think there's probably a lot of Democrats who won't believe it and don't care. And they want this warm blanket. That's what this is. Just tell me the comfortable lie, the comforting lie. I don't want to believe that Joe Biden is crooked. The establishment's been crooked forever. Who's who? who like it's Simpsons made jokes about this in 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 the nineties. Kang and Kodos, the aliens come to Earth and threaten to, to 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 kill all of Congress or something like that. And the and Marge and Homer are like, you couldn't you know get all of them. And the and then the aliens are like, watch us, and they laugh. And I was little, I didn't understand that. My parents explained to me, nobody likes them. Nobody likes Congress. Everybody can't stand these people. They're crooked. They're corrupt. They're millionaires. They get into public office and they get paid $174,000 a year. And then when they leave, they're millionaires. Like Joe Biden's family. Joe Biden's not the richest person in the world, but he is the top 1%. I think his net worth is very, his income last year was like 9 million or something. Why? How did this man become so wealthy? Off of public office. He's a career politician, 47 years in office. And now he's a millionaire. Ain't that something? Donald Trump was a billionaire before coming into office and he's losing money. And maybe Trump is corrupt as they come. Sure. But I'll tell you what. I'll take the guy who just got in, who gave us a great economy. I'm better off than I was four years ago. That's for sure. And you are probably too. I'll take that over crooked Joe Biden any day. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out. And I will see you all then. Joe Biden has finally responded 
to the email scandal. When a local journalist asked a question, Joe Biden said it's just a smear campaign and Rudy Giuliani is Trump's henchman. And he gave some false answers that I can easily debunk. We are getting ready for the Donald Trump, Joe Biden debate tomorrow. And Joe Biden has been hiding in his basement, figuratively and literally, for the past several days, calling a lid, I believe it was on Monday until Thursday, which is unprecedented. We are less than two weeks away from the official election date, even though I believe something like 35 million people have already voted. So the election's happening now. But at a time when Joe Biden's supposed to be campaigning, he's hiding. Sorry, man. I just got to say, with this email scandal taking off, Joe Biden just running and hiding and then giving these really awful answers and now praising that the debate moderators will cut the microphone of Donald Trump when he's being interrupted, when, when he gets interrupted. It sounds like Joe Biden doesn't want to win. It sounds like they're trying to make it seem like they want to win, but they really don't want to win or they're just so insanely inept. I can't help but predict uh, a Donald Trump victory. That's right. We've got a lot of new polls coming out. The polls in Florida and Pennsylvania, the averages are tightening and early voter turnout is not looking good in many states. Now in Pennsylvania, early voter for Democrats is really, really good. Apocalyptic for Republicans. But voter registration for Republicans is beating Democrats two to one. I got to say, man, I think Joe Biden is in serious trouble. And that's probably why he went to hide in the basement. Well, let's read this story and we will debunk Joe Biden's official response. And he finally responded. This should be big news, but come on, you know, he's going to give some BS answer from the Daily Mail. It's a last ditch effort to smear me and my family. There is no basis to this. Joe Biden breaks silence on Hunter's laptop, calling Rudy Giuliani Trump's henchman in preview of how he will deal with the issue at the debate. It's not going to work. Getting a local uh, a local journalist who is not going to push hard questions. Donald Trump is going to hammer Joe relentlessly on this. Donald Trump better be prepared because Trump screwed up in the first debate, missing his cues because he got all hot and bothered. So I'll tell you what, you know what? Maybe it'll be a good thing that they will mute Trump's mic because we want to hear Biden speak because he can't. And maybe then Trump will be collected and say, X, Y, and Z answer. And then Joe Biden will have two minutes. And what's he going to do? You know, you know what Joe Biden did during the first debates? He would start rambling incoherently and then just go, oh, my time's done. Sorry. Like the only candidate to do that. My time's over. Oh, sorry. I'll stop now. Yeah, because he didn't have anything to say. Former Vice President Joe Biden ripped a Republican senator who has used his committee's perch, committee perch to probe Biden's son and blasted Rudy, Rudy Giuliani for peddling garbage in his most extensive comment since the release of information said to be from Hunter Biden's laptop. It is, uh, uh, as far as I know, confirmed by multiple sources now, man, said to be. Biden doing local TV interviews from his Delaware home exploded when WSIN, a Wisconsin ABC affiliate, brought up the subject. Well, I'll, I'll first say bravo to the local journalist for actually asking the question. He called it a desperate smear, a desperate campaign to smear him. The angry pushback comes a day before Biden is is to face President Trump on a debate stage in Nashville, with Trump gearing up to accuse his rival of corruption on stage, just like he did four years ago, just like he did four years ago. My friends, have you been following the prediction models and the polls and the weird stories that are emerging? Does it not feel like a complete rerun from 2016? 
Remember when Anthony Weiner's laptop came out? It was at September of 2016, I think. And then there was, uh, 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 you know, impl- the emails got released, like, not, not, not the emails, but he had access to Hillary's emails, a big email scandal for Hillary Clinton. Now we have the Hunter Biden email scandal. The polls were showing Hillary Clinton up 16 points. Now the polls are showing Joe Biden up 16 points. The, the, the polls started to tighten as we got closer and closer to Election Day. And the polls, once again, are doing the same thing. Then Anthony Weiner got in trouble for illicit photos he had on his laptop. And now Hunter Biden apparently has illicit photos on his laptop. It is a replay. The writers of 2020, what are you doing? You're phoning it in. Come on, give us an original script here. I think Trump's going to win. man. I really do. We'll see, though. The TV reporter asked Biden about Johnson's efforts as chair of the Senate Homeland Security Committee, which last month issued a lengthy report on Hunter Biden corruption. Wisconsin's Republican Senator Ron Johnson put out a statement on Homeland Security letterhead saying Hunter Biden, together with other Biden family members, profited off the Biden name. Reporter Adrian Peterson said bravo to this journalist. She asked Biden if there was any legitimacy to what Johnson was claiming. None whatsoever, Biden fumed. This is the same garbage Rudy Giuliani, Trump's henchman. Uh, it's a last ditch effort in this desperate campaign to smear me and my family. Then he noted that GOP Senator Mitt Romney of Utah had criticized the committee's actions to dig into the Bidens. Well, Mitt Romney is a, cr- a crony rhino. He is a crony establishment politician. And you know what? Many of these guys are. But at least some of them are being forced to whip into shape. Even the man who served with him on that committee, the former nominee to the Republican Party, said there's no basis to this. Uh, I'm sorry, Joe, but the FBI and the DOJ have acknowledged the existence of the laptop. And it seems like multiple sources, just the news and Fox and the New York Post have corroborated that these emails are real. So maybe try again. After the, uh, and, the, and the vast majority of the intelligence people have come out and said there's no basis at all. Ron should be ashamed of himself. Come on, man. Are you kidding me? This is the story I, I, I cited uh, earlier today. And they straight up say, uh, so the, the senior law enforcement official told Justin News that the FBI is in possession of the laptop and the bureau concurs with the director of national intelligence, John Ratcliffe's assessment that the laptop is not part of a Russian intelligence operation, as some Democrats have alleged. That official, de- the, the official declined to de- discuss the contents of the laptop. So, Joe, when you come out and say the vast majority of intelligence people have said there's no basis, wrong. You're lying. Joe's desperate. He really is. You know, Joe had an out here. He did. He could have said something very, very simple. I had a good son. I had a great son, Bo Biden, who lost his life and it was tragic and unfortunate. And I have another son who's troubled and his and his troubles are no secret to the American people. He's bat, he struggled with addiction, impropriety. And yes, off of the name Biden, he has received lucrative deals of which I had nothing to do with. And more importantly, you know, trying to be a good dad, protecting his, his, his only son following the death of, you know, his other son. Joe Biden could have come out and just said, I would do anything for my child. And it breaks my heart, the troubles he faces. And I hope America can recognize that I'm just trying to do the right thing for everyone. Joe Biden could have done that. Imagine how he could have weaponized this. He didn't. Because these people don't understand how to be real and just tell people. Instead, they got to get all hot and bothered and get all angry. I remember I had a friend during Occupy Wall Street, went on Sean Hannity and got all combative. It's like, no, dude, just admit it. Own up to your mistakes. Be real for once. I got a messed up kid, man. I love him to death, but man, he's got problems. And yes, he's getting jobs because his name is Biden. Everybody knows it. 
It would be ridiculous to say otherwise. But it doesn't reflect on me, right? That's what he could have said. He could have said, I've tried my best. And sometimes your best just isn't enough. And then he could have said some praise for Hunter. He's lived an extraordinary life. He's got a good family. And for all of his mistakes, blah, blah, blah. But instead, he just lies. He lies. He lies. And no, it doesn't work. He could have taken that opportunity. He didn't. After the New York Post reported on information, Rudy Giuliani says, came from Hunter's laptop. Johnson said his committee was investigating and had met with a whistleblower. Wow. The angry pushback comes days after the Biden family briefly teed off on a, a CBS reporter who asked about the reports. I know you'd ask, Biden said. I have no response. It's another smear campaign right up your alley. Those are the questions you always ask. How much do we have to deal with for the fake, disgusting BS that comes out about Donald Trump, about his family, about Brett Kavanaugh? When all that went down, I am sick of it. The, the, the Trump family, far from perfect. The Trump family, they got their skeletons. And I'm more than happy to entertain any legitimate criticism. But all it is in media every single day. And then Joe Biden, like some pathetic loser hiding in his basement, goes, how dare you ask me one question? What do you think everyone else goes through? Donald Trump, the Republicans, conservatives getting smeared every single day. How many times has Donald Trump been asked to denounce white supremacy? It is annoying to me. I remember watching the Samantha Guthrie thing, and I'm like, I don't care about this. Ask Trump about health care. Come on. That's the issue we want to know about. And she did. And they did. But they waste so much time on this. I'm going to own the Trump and I'm going to yell at him. And then Joe Biden gets asked one question and barfs all over. him. Oh, how dare you ask me? Imagine if we had actual journalists asking Joe Biden any questions. Vice President Biden, when you were vice president, how many new, new wars did we get entangled in? You destabilized Libya. And now the slave trade has returned. Why should the American people trust you on foreign policy? Donald Trump has three historic peace agreements. Then you let him answer and you don't argue with him. You let him answer. And if he doesn't give you a satisfactory answer, you can do a follow up. Instead, what do we get? You get Joe Biden asked a question and he goes, oh, and they say, I'm so sorry for asking Joe. Because they're they're playing with kid gloves with Trump. They just mock and belittle and insult. They view Trump as an outsider, as somebody has nothing to do with them, and they don't care. And it's obvious. I'm going to take you back in time to the story of Trump eating a well-done steak with ketchup. I remember this one because it is one of the most important examples of exactly what we see. Donald Trump went to a fancy restaurant and had some very fancy dry-aged steak, and he ordered it well done with ketchup. And the media mocked and laughed. What a fool. <laughs> what a moron. You don't eat a fancy steak with ketchup. Well done. How gross. And then it reminded me of when I was a kid and we, we were eating gutter steaks from the grocery store for a buck or whatever. And you cooked them well done and schlopped ketchup on it. Why? Because we were poor and we couldn't afford dry aged filet mignon. Although sometimes we did get a treat. You know, we weren't we weren't that uh, uh, worse off or, or poorly. But sometimes we would get some good medium rare meat. But for the most part, yeah. I remember seeing that story and I thought to myself, how many working class poor people hear that? And they say, why are you insulting me? Right? Why are you insulting me? I like steak well done with ketchup. Why are you making fun of Trump? Trump eats at McDonald's a lot. And they make fun of him for it. And then regular people say, I eat at McDonald's all the time. Why are they making fun of this guy? Trump's a billionaire. But boy, does he know how to be authentic. 
And sometimes he lies and sometimes he's wrong. But it, you can you, you, you just know he's like he, he, this is this is what a lot of people said about George W. Bush, too. He talks like a regular guy. We don't want these fake plastic politicians. Obama was supposed to be that charismatic leader, but he was not. Well, he, he was charismatic for sure, but he was he was another crony establishment Democrat. And now we get this and I see the same exact thing. So so I, I got to get into this. Biden basically says they, they, they mentioned this up top. Uh, Biden cl- uh, called the claim that Hunter profited off his name garbage and called it part of a smear. Biden avoided questions on the topic at an ABC town hall, but snapped at a CBS reporter when questioned. Well, I bring you now to the Daily Caller. Joe Biden denies that Hunter profited off his family ties. Hunter said the exact opposite last year. Daily Caller pulled the video. It's it's so obvious. In the video, Hunter Biden basically says, he's asked, did you profit off of your name? Like, do you think you would have been hired if your name wasn't Biden by Burisma? And he said, I don't know, probably not. Democratic presidential candidate Joe Biden said in an interview Tuesday, there was no basis whatsoever to say that his son Hunter profited off of his family name. A claim which the younger Biden contradicted in, contradicted in an interview last year. Joe Biden was asked in an interview with Wisconsin TV station WSIN. We know this because it's read through it. Biden said it's garbage, blah, blah, blah. Despite Joe Biden's remarks, Hunter acknowledged in an interview on October 15th, 2019, that he believes he was asked to join the board of Burisma uh, because of his, his father was vice president. Quote, if your last name wasn't Biden, do you think you would have been asked to be on the board of Burisma? I don't know. I don't know. Probably not in retrospect, Biden said in an interview. I don't think that there's a lot of things that would have happened in my life if my last name wasn't Biden, adding because my dad was vice president of the U.S. There's literally nothing as a young man or a full grown adult that my father in some way hasn't had influence over. And you know what? I can respect Hunter's response there. I can respect the honesty, the reality. Yeah, man, it's just the way it is. And Joe could have been authentic, but he's not. Joe Biden is a lying, gaff-prone, plastic politician who for 47 years found ways to enrich himself, his friends, and his family off of public office. I reject this. Donald Trump is a boorish, lascivious old man who won't shut up and character defects, to say the least. The economy was good. Middle Eastern peace deals are good. Far from perfect on foreign policy. But that economy was great for the American people. Getting our troops out of Afghanistan and Iraq is great for the American people and the world. And these peace agreements are as well. I saw a photo, man, the other day, a direct flight from Bahrain to Tel Aviv. Wow. Do you know what that means? I mean, these countries didn't even think Israel existed. Like they said, it's not a real country. Trump has got good things going for him. Uh, Biden, I, to his credit, you know, he was vice president when they got Osama. And I can, I can respect the, there, there are things that have been done uh, during the Obama administration that are respectable. And there are things that I don't, I really, really don't like. And it's really easy to remember the negative and not the positive. So that, that, that's a fair point. Maybe I am a little biased for sure. But what I see is Trump as this really nasty guy. He's mean. He's nasty. He's boorish, lewd and lascivious, all of these things. And, you know, he's, he said some things that I really just don't like. He mocked body slamming a reporter. I don't like that. He recently came out and said that the, the marshals who were arresting that Antifa guy knew who he was and didn't want to arrest him. So in 15 minutes, it was over. And he said before, we need retribution, implying this guy was killed and they didn't want to bring him in. I really, really detest this. And I find it psychotic and terrifying. I'll tell you what. What do I look at when I see Joe Biden? 
the crony establishment, the indefinite detention provision, uh, prosecuting whistleblowers and journalists, foreign incursions, drone strikes in Yemen, extrajudicial assassinations of American citizens. I don't like any of that. And so I think Trump is far from perfect. And I can criticize his rhetoric. We needed to bring that Antifa guy in to put him on trial so the, the American people could hear what he had to say. And so we knew these people existed and are a threat. Instead, the marshals killed him. But the, the, the official story from the DOJ is the dude had a gun. And we know he had a gun because he killed the guy and he had a gun. So, you know, I'm not surprised. Trump is far from perfect. But Trump was a billionaire who was losing money to become president versus Joe Biden, who was working class Joe from Scranton, who has become a millionaire following a life in public office. And that I don't like. I guess fine. You know, when people leave office, they make a ton of money. And you can argue it's because of books and appearances and all that stuff. Sure, he was the VP. Maybe he knew that. Or maybe he was pulling favors and they said, once you once you leave office. But more importantly, in the email exchanges we've seen, it's it is uh, confirmed by an email recipient to Fox News that Hunter Biden, we assume it was Hunter Biden, H, uh, somebody with the name H, probably Hunter, was going to be holding equity uh, in their name for Joe Biden in a Chinese equity firm. OK, so that's unacceptable. I want to go back. Uh, there's, there's a lot more I need to get to, you know, I, I, talking about the debates and stuff. I guess we're not going to get to it. But, you know, Biden is saying muting the mics at the debate is a good idea. We need more limitations. Joe is scared. He is he is scared. He is a coward. He was hiding in his basement while rioters were tearing down our cities. That is not what we need for this country. And I got to be honest, we need something better than Trump, dramatically better than Trump. But I'll tell you this, with an economy as good as it was, for all of the bad that Trump brings, there was 10 times the good the American people got to experience across the board. Unemployment in the black community was at record lows. The Latino community, the economy for everybody was booming. And it's still doing, it's still as bad as it is. People still feel like they're better off now than they were four years ago. I think Trump needs to win to finish out these four, finish out, finish out these four terms, these four, these four years, not four terms. Although Trump has made the joke 12 more years. And then we have an opportunity after the establishment crony crooked people are gone to actually have politicians who care and speak to the people about what the people want. The elitists, they don't care about what the people need or want. They care about their buddies. They care about the elites. And there's a certain, you know, look, we don't want elitism. We want meritocracy for the skilled, the elites of skill and merit to have the ability to help guide us and for people who don't want to be leaders. And there's there's many who don't to be able to uh, work, work their jobs, live their lives and be safe and comfortable knowing that there are strong leaders who are there to protect them. That's what that's the way I view this world. I've talked to a lot of people. I made a lot of statements about standing up, speaking out, starting your own company. And I hear some from so many people, I don't want to run my own company. I just want a good job helping someone else with their vision so that I can get by. I respect that. I absolutely do. Not everybody wants to be the person storming into battle on horseback with their sword drawn, leading the charge. Some want to know that the most capable individual is giving them the advice they need to do the job properly. Not everybody is a leader. And that doesn't mean it's bad. You don't have to be a leader. In fact, a leader is only as good as the people who are there to help him. The leader has that vision. And there are a lot of people that want that. Our politicians were supposed to be those leaders who said, I will do my best to make sure that you are safe, protected, secure, and I will be the person leading the charge on the front line. And for decades, what do we get instead? Joe Biden. 
Joe Biden is the perfect example of somebody who wants to be in office for power. He doesn't want to run for office to help people as a career politician. He's not somebody who was a regular working guy who saw his calling and said, I need to do something. He's a career politician. He doesn't want to be the person leading the charge. He wants to siphon resources from regular people, get into office and protect himself. And I wouldn't be surprised if one of the biggest reasons he's so desperate to get in and the Democrats are so desperate to get him elected is because they're really worried about what happens if Donald Trump gets another four years. They tried to jam Trump up with the Russiagate nonsense and impeachment. It didn't work. And now Trump has the Durham probe moving forward. If Joe Biden loses, I'm sorry, if Donald Trump and now Donald Trump has the Durham probe moving forward. If Trump loses, Joe Biden will end the investigation of the corrupt politicians. Maybe that's why the Durham probe isn't coming out. Maybe Trump will start hammering in. You need to reelect me. Otherwise, the Durham probe is over and these people get away with it. Trump has been yelling, Bill Barr, indict these people. And he's not done it. Maybe there, maybe, maybe he won't. Maybe he won't. I'll tell you what, man, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of the corrupt elitist system. I want to see a real change. I want to see authentic individuals. I want to see honesty. I want to hear someone say something like this. Climate change is a problem. Okay. But we can't just ban fossil fuels overnight. There are people who rely on this to feed their families. We cannot, we do not have the ability for a massive economic overhaul in this way. Our best solutions may be nuclear energy. We need to recognize that the energy return on investment for fossil fuels is absolutely remarkable, but it is destructive in the long run. Energy independence is important and doing right by our environment is important as well. So let's figure out the real way forward. And it may be nuclear energy. Instead, what do we get? Posturing, pandering. You get Democrats saying no, no nuclear ban fossil fuels. I never said ban fossil fuels. You get liars. Just be honest. Just just say it. Why can't the Democrats, if they truly believe climate change is a problem, say climate change is a very serious problem. We got to move quickly. But I understand we can't ban fossil fuels outright. We can't ban fracking outright. It has helped us become energy independent. So we will try and figure out market competition solutions, incentives and things we can do to become more powerful in terms of the international market, in terms of our ability to produce our own energy. Instead, it's just bunk BS. Now, to be completely honest, I think the Republicans and the right are closer to being reasonable than the Democrats are. The Democrats just lie. So I can't take it, man. I've had enough of this. And if it means Donald Trump, then so be it. But when they call for abolishing the Constitution and critical race theory stuff, that, you know what, I can easily walk in and hit the Trump button. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at YouTube.com slash TimCast. That is my main channel. Check it out, and I will see you all then. Part three in our ongoing Jeffrey Tubin saga, and I'm going to give you a warning. This is not going to be a particularly family friendly segment. Now, the story started, as most of you know, when news broke of anti-Trump personality and CNN analyst, New Yorker magazine writer. The story was that he was uh, uh, whipping it out in a work meeting Zoom call. Actually, turns out he was cranking one out. I guess he was getting off to his coworkers or whatever. Now, yesterday, I was talking about this article from BuzzFeed that was kind of jokingly defending the guy, where they were like, "Who? Which one of us has has you know is is so innocent in this?" And I'm just kind of like, "Dude, are are you kidding? Is it even a joke that's relatable to anybody to be like, yeah, we always crank it out on on, on company time?" 
And it really made me think about how much the left or these journalists or these anti-Trump people value their jobs and care about what they do. And it says to me, there's like a lack of passion in their work. You see, when I'm working, I'm not thinking about, you know, uh, colonel relations or whatever, I guess, whatever. I mean, we're all human, but it was just weird to me to see this article. I thought, I thought it was kind of funny, but I thought it was more cringy that they would try and defend the guy. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, this, this will be the, uh, the threequel, the final segment I promise on this, but I think these leftists are so desperate to defend the anti-Trump personality. They're defending a man who whipped it out and started cranking it on company time on a business meeting phone call. There is no excuse for this. It's not an accident. This dude did this because he is a creepy weirdo. Well, here's the story. CNN anchor Brian Stelter is mocked for calling Zoom sleaze Jeffrey Tubin's online cranking scandal an accident as it as it emerges network may not fire the analyst. Brian Stelter has been mocked for describing it as an accident on Monday night. It emerged. We know what happened with Tubin. The following day, Stelter addressed the scandal surrounding his cable news colleague writing on Twitter. Jeffrey Tubin has been sidelined at a pivotal moment in the run up to the presidential election. The reason? He exposed himself during a Zoom call with New Yorker colleagues in what he says was an accident. Brian Stouter just he said it all. I'm sorry, man. When you are so desperate to keep and defend your personality because they're anti-Trump and they're high profile, that you would defend a man who was cranking it out in a business call. Dude, you lose all moral standing. I'll tell you what. I'm going to vote for Donald Trump now just because of this. Everything else, I don't care. That's it. Donald Trump is the candidate of not whacking off during company time on a phone call, video conference with colleagues. That's Trump should go out in the debate and be like, if you elect me, I will denounce anyone, anyone who is whacking off on a company phone call. Joe Biden, can you say the same? I know I'm kidding, right? But is this really what it's about? It's a pivotal moment in the run of the election. It was an accident. <laughs> Dude, are you, are you kidding me? Stelter's post was immediately met with derision from fellow Twitter users who accused him of downplaying the egregiousness of Tubin's behavior. Quote, I've never accidentally masturbated in any situation, and I guess that goes for 99.99% of people. What was accidental about it was that he was, what was accidental about it? That he got caught? One replied to Stelter, think about this. How many times do you think you've been on a work phone call? Like, you know, you work at a bank and you're like, so the Henderson account is, is, is good and we've got, and someone mutes their phone and starts going at it. That's insane. Okay. It's not an accident. They're deliberately doing this, trying to get off to their colleagues. Another wrote, I believed I was not visible on Zoom is a lot like, I didn't know there were cameras in the room when I, where I exposed myself to the victim. He was in a Zoom meeting with women on company time and couldn't keep it in his pants. This is not just some embarrassing workplace mix up. Like Brian Stelter is acting like Jeffrey Tubin accidentally ate someone's lunch. You know, I had that special sandwich with the vegan cheese because I'm lactose intolerant and, and Tubin ate it. It was a workplace mix up. <laughs> no. A third person chimed in. Tubin was in a work situation. His behavior was completely inappropriate and borders on predatory. He needs to be more than sidelined. He should be fired. I, I, I'm surprised that I'm even getting a third segment out of this ridiculous story. But there's a political component to it that hasn't been addressed. They don't want to lose a prominent never-Trumper, anti-Trumper. They need that voice. 
and they don't want him to be discredited. That to me is creepy. Well, check this out. There's actually there's more. Look at this. Me Too activist Rose McGowan blasts liberal intellectuals for using hashtag Me Tubin to defend Tubin. <laughs> 2020 is great. Did you have a, a prominent anti-Trumper journalist wax off on camera for your bingo card? I didn't. Let's see. Uh, the actress and prominent member of the Me Too movement hit out after the New Yorker writer and CNN analyst defenders took to Twitter using the hashtag Me Tubin. McGowan led a wave of condemnation aimed at those suggesting the incident was an accident. This is crazy. Look, when the story first broke, I thought we were all going to be in universal agreement that this guy was a creepo. Then the next day, I see this BuzzFeed thing. Who among us, they say. Are you kidding? Me? I don't know anybody who's doing this. And now we're at the point where it's not just one article. It is a wave of anti-Trumper personality saying, well, hold on. It was just an accident. I swear, these people will defend criminals, abusers, and rapists if the person hates Donald Trump. Rose McGowan tweeted, can you imagine if a conservative woman was caught masturbating on a Zoom meeting like me too, Ben? If it had been a liberal woman? If it had been a woman of color? Adrian Law, do you think there'd be liberal intellectuals rising to defend her? She'd be burned at the stake. Adrian Lawrence says, with me too, Ben trending, I have a few thoughts. One, Masturbating at work is neither normal nor acceptable. It's sexual harassment. I agree. And it borders on some kind of assault. Individuals who engage in sexual harassment should suffer professional consequences. These Tubin defenders are telling on themselves. Me too is meaningless to these people. Tubin was cranking it to his colleagues. That's why he was doing it. Like he's got the video thing open. He's looking at his colleagues. What do you think he was doing? McGowan responded, can you imagine if this conservative was caught? Tubin was seen, you know, we, we know this. In a brief statement, Tubin said Monday, I made an embarrassingly stupid mistake believing I was off camera. No, nah, that's, that's, that's gross, man. And they go on to mention Brian Stelter again. The reason he exposed himself uh, uh, during a Zoom call with New Yorker's colleagues and what he says was an, was an accident. Here's our story. And they go on to mention a lot of the CNN stuff. The CNN pundit has been married to wife Amy McIntosh for 34 years. Wait, wait, who is this? Oh, Tubin. And the pair share two daughters. However, that didn't stop him from having a decade long affair with young lawyer Casey Greenfield. This is another thing that people are bringing up. This dude apparently has a long history of being a sleazebag. But you know what? Me too only matters when you're either not in the tribe or you support Trump, right? Right now, there's like this big story going around about Rudy Giuliani, where I guess they're claiming that he's like on the bed pulling his pants off or something for some young woman. And apparently it's not true. Apparently, Giuliani was, was going to do a fake interview, and he was tucking his shirt in. He's an old man, and he's kind of overweight. And so they took his microphone off. He leaned back on a bed and started tucking his shirt in. They use a screen grab to make it seem like he's trying to whip it out or something. Listen, it's stupid. It was, it was Borat or whatever. If, if I'm in a private room and a, and, and, a, and, a, and a beautiful woman is like wanting to hook it up, and I'm like, I'm, I'm, we're in private, I don't even think that's an issue. It's not the same thing as Tubin trying to crank it on camera or something or in a work meeting. But the, the, regardless of whether it's appropriate or not, I still don't think people should do it. If you're being interviewed by someone in your hotel room, you shouldn't, you know, get, get. But it doesn't even seem like Giuliani was doing that. It looks like he was just tucking his shirt in. That's all I've seen. I don't know for sure. I'm not uh, at the point where I can definitively say one way or another. But of course, Sasha Baron Cohen wants that shot content. He's going to make that claim. This, however, it's amazing what they're willing to defend. You think it's okay 
that Jeffrey Tubin is going to be on a work call, cranking it out to his colleagues, but that Rudy Giuliani, assuming your premise is true, in a private hotel room with a young woman, shouldn't be trying to get some? Look, I, I don't know how, Ju- how old Giuliani is, like 74 or what is he, 77? Kind of old to be, you know, hooking up with a young, young lady like that, kind of robbing the, robbing the cradle. But apparently that wasn't even the deal. Assuming it was, I can question uh, uh, the judgment of those involved, but a pr- two adults in private consenting to do something, or even if Giuliani was putting the moves on her, I'm like, welcome to being human. Jeffrey Tubin. If he was cranking out in his bathroom and somehow got caught, I'd be like, yeah, well, look, man, people do their thing. But he was on a workplace phone call. This is complete and utter hypocrisy. They have no principles. This, you know what? I'm I'm just going to say it. It shows they're all about power. Jeffrey Tubin deserves to be defended and protected. He can get away with being a harasser and an abuser. This is gross. And it's all because he's anti-Trump. That's the name of the game, baby. All you got, all you got to do, I'll tell you this. If you ever get caught, just come out and say, orange man is bad and, and it's Trump. And they'll be like, well, he did say Trump is bad. I think we'll let this one slide. I promise I will not do another segment on Tubin. But to me, it was it was a bigger issue of hypocrisy and their willingness to defend the most abhorrent among us so long as that person hates Donald Trump. And I think it's a really good example of this. And it is kind of funny. Let's be real. Like when the story first broke, it was kind of hilarious because he's like, he's a never Trumper. You know what I mean? Like that's it's kind of funny, you know, whatever, man. I I, I, I guess I, 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 you know, I guess people are willing to absolutely do whatever it takes to be Trump, even if it means defending this guy. Uh, I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up in a few minutes and I'll see you all shortly. Donald Trump apparently walked out of his 60 Minutes interview. And now many people are trying to say, many journalists, that he was being asked tough questions about COVID. He couldn't answer. And so he broke down and he ran away. Kaylee McEnany says that's not true. The COVID questions came right at the beginning of the interview and Trump stayed for about 45 minutes. In my opinion, I think Trump kind of set them up. He got his interview. My understanding, he was there for 45 or so minutes. I guess it's supposed to be 60 minutes. I don't know. He was there for about 45 minutes. And then he and then he walked out, left the interview, stealing the press and then dragging Leslie Stahl, the journalist, for not wearing a mask, getting in front of any negative COVID story. What are you going to say? 60 minutes. Is it true? Your journalist wasn't wearing a mask. Not properly social distancing, is it? So Trump walked out. Well, let's see what the actual narrative, but I'll tell you this narrative is what's the narrative that's coming out. I'll tell you what, though. Let me show you this tweet from Ian Miles Chong. He said, this is how much mass, uh, this is how much the media cares about the Hunter Biden story. It's a non-story as far as anyone who matters is concerned. So this is a a report from Newsbusters, apparently aired on Fox News. ABC has said nothing. CNN has said nothing. NBC, 45 seconds. CBS, four minutes and 28 seconds. And MSNBC, four minutes, 34 seconds. Now, I'll tell you what, MSNBC probably called it Russian disinformation and lied about it. CBS probably didn't give it a fair shake, but probably the best of the bunch. And it seems like CBS at least covered it to some degree. The media will not talk about it because it hurts Joe Biden. But the media will absolutely drag and attack Donald Trump because they view him and you and me as others who don't fit in with them and they don't care. It's a big club and you ain't in it. That's what it is. So when they see Trump, they say it's safe to make fun of Trump, to attack him, to berate him, because he's not one of us. He's a part of our tribe. 
I'm not interested in these stupid games. But here's the story. President Trump abruptly ended his 60 Minutes interview on Tuesday because he did not like the tough questions posed by CBS journalist Leslie Stahl, who quizzed him on his response to the coronavirus pandemic and questioned the size of his campaign rally crowds, according to a new report. We don't know why Trump walked out. I mean, it's presumable he didn't like the way the questions that were being asked, or it could be that she wasn't wearing a mask and he asked her and she never got a mask or finally said, "Okay, you know what? I'm not doing this. It could be because Trump, uh, I don't know, because Leslie, (laughs) I'll try and keep it family friendly. It could be for a lot of reasons to outright assume it's because Trump doesn't want to answer the questions. I find ridiculous because Trump does interviews that hurt him. He did that interview with Chris Wallace, the White House, and everyone was like, that actually was bad for Trump. But I guess bravo for him doing it. Joe Biden hiding in the basement. Nobody asks him any hard questions, huh? When they finally asked him these questions the other day, Joe Biden lied. And then the journalists get all scared. Like, I'm sorry, I asked. The president walked out of the sit down just 45 minutes into the meeting, telling the network he believed he had given them enough material before accusing them of being biased towards Democratic rival Joe Biden. He then threatened to release footage of the encounter before its scheduled airtime on Sunday, aiming to expose the fake and biased interview without further elaborating on what went wrong. Please, Trump, release the footage. Because you know what these these 60-minute these interviews do? I don't like old school shows. They're all edited. Guess what? My show right now, off the cuff, stream of consciousness, no editing. The IRL podcast we do every night for about two or so hours, no editing. Just raw conversation, some camera swapping, but it's all continuous audio. These old school interviews are cut up and answers are changed. And, you know, I understand back in the day when you had limited time and you wanted to get to the core of their of their idea, but you can never actually get the full context if you remove anything. So you might have an instance where someone says, President Trump, COVID has been a serious problem in this country. What do you say to those who have lost loved ones? And Trump might go. Hmm, you know, hmm, I gotta say, well, here's what I would say. That whole thing I just did with the ums, the ahs, and the what, they cut those things out. And then Trump would just go, the families, but that's important context. If Trump is, is sitting there thinking about it, you can see the look on his face. You want to know what people are thinking. They don't do that. They cut it all out. Stoller reportedly, so uh, uh, I'm sorry, sources told the Washington Post late Tuesday that Trump had actually cut the interview short because he was unhappy with Stahl's hardball approach and was worried the discussion would be edited to portray him in an unflattering light. Edited. Stahler reportedly prefaced the conversation by asking Trump if he was ready for a tough interview before grilling him on his administration's handling of the pandemic and his exchanges with Dr. Anthony Fauci. She also is said to have confronted him over his rhetoric about Democratic Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer, who authorities say was the intended victim of alleged kidnapping plot, which was foiled by cops last month. So Trump tweeted, I am pleased to inform you that for the sake of accuracy and reporting, I am considering posting my interview with Leslie Stahl of 60 Minutes prior to airtime. This will be done so that everybody can get a glimpse of what a fake and biased interview is all about. Everyone should compare this terrible electoral intrusion with the recent interviews of sleepy Joe Biden. They say Stahl also brought up the allegations against Joe Biden's son Hunter, which the president has seized on during his campaign rallies just days before the election, seeking to portray the Bidens as a crime family. Stahl, during the interview, told Trump the claims against Hunter were unverified and also said the Obama administration did not spy on his campaign, insiders told the publication. About 45 minutes later, Trump told his staff, I think we're done. Do you guys agree? Before leaving the room to complain to his aides. Trump reportedly told them that Biden, who was interviewed by the network earlier, 
had had an easier interview and believed the video footage of his discussion with Stahl was going to be cut to make him look bad. He also expressed to his staff that he wanted to go after Stahl in return and began floating ideas around with his aides in the Oval Office, a senior White House official said. The interview was not that bad, a White House staff member told The Post. It wasn't a bad interview. She just had a tone he didn't like. After the interview, Trump took to Twitter where he threatened to release the footage. Well, Trump released the footage because let me tell you, let me tell you, uh, here's the questions I want to see. Joe Biden, owner of Struggling Bar featured in Joe Biden campaign ad, is actually a millionaire tech angel investor who supported lockdown measures. Well, good for uh, the Daily Mail for calling this out and many other outlets that have pointed this out. But it's mostly conservatives who are highlighting this, that Joe Biden did this commercial where he's got a, a, a bar owner saying like, oh, we're suffering under COVID and our bar is being shut down. It turns, the guy, turns out the guy is super wealthy and a Democrat donor. Joe Biden is given a free pass all the time. And now they're saying at the third debate, they're going to cut off the microphones of the of the of the debaters. Joe Biden interrupted Trump first in the in that debate, in the in the first debate. I guess we're only going to get two. Joe Biden cut him off first. That's a fact. But everyone kept acting like it was Trump's fault. But Joe Biden, he he's the one who kicked it off. And that was that was probably bait, I guess, because then Trump went off and then Joe Biden didn't have to talk all that much. And it made Trump look really bad. But Joe Biden gets a free pass all the time. It's not an exaggeration. They don't ask him about Antifa. They barely want to ask him about anything. I, there was an Axios interview with Biden that was so pathetic. It was earlier this year, I guess, or la- late last year. And the, the, the journalist is like, I, I want to ask you about, you know, Hunter. It's, it's, it's an important question. Like, you just want to say. And then Joe Biden's like, I'm not going to answer this. Come on, you know, get out of here. Uh. And the journalist is like, I know. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. OK, OK, I'll stop. So they do. I, I, I know it's a, I need to ask you because they're saying, why are you why are you playing with kid gloves on Joe Biden? Go to Joe. Hey, Joe, your kid's crooked. What do you got to say for yourself? OK, maybe not that direct, but a simple question. Uh, emails recently got released showing that you would have received 10 percent equity in a Chinese firm should this deal have gone through. What's your response? Your response. Well, according to someone on uh, Fox News is reporting, someone on the chain has confirmed you were set to receive this equity but your son was going to hold it for you, acting as an intermediary. Let him answer. Joe Biden gets gets a, gets a, a, a free a free pass on this stuff. I don't know, man. Maybe it's because he just can't handle it. Um, but Donald Trump gets gets berated relentlessly by the media. They don't cover stories that need to be covered. Recently, Piers Morgan, I think it was on Tucker Carlson, which is interesting, and he said it's just getting worse. The email scandal is getting worse. And apparently Giuliani, he's going to be dropping this like evidence, he says, about uh, Donald Trump or whatever. There's a fly. He's going to drop evidence about Joe Biden, not Donald Trump, uh, in the next day or so, in which case the story may be about to get substantially worse. But all of this puff piece media is going to is going to keep popping up. And I'll tell you this. I really do hope that Bannon and Giuliani have some substantive evidence simply because I want the media to face some kind of comeuppance for ignoring the story. That would be bittersweet. It would be oh so sweet to see. The media doesn't cover news. Whether, whether listen, whether the story is going to be as big as we want it to or not, they look, they, they went nuts on this dossier, the Steele dossier. Oh, Trump and the P-tapes. They went crazy about it with no evidence. Now we have an actual laptop with emails confirmed and they don't talk about it. 
I want them to be forced to say, "Okay, Joe Biden's crooked. (laughs) We should have covered this a long time ago. Because then the American people are going to see this and they're going to start asking, why didn't you cover this story? This is a massive scandal. Why are you covering for Joe Biden? Because that's what the media does. We don't have real journalists in this country for the most part anymore. I know some people like to say that I am. Look, I do mostly commentary. I comment on these stories and I'm trusting these these outlets are legit. So there's definitely plans to expand and we're working on it. It's not easy, especially with the COVID and the lockdown and all that stuff. But we're, we're, I'm over here working on trying to figure out the best way to do a fact checking and news, uh, 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 actual news website. Hopefully then we'll get fair and honest reporting, which includes criticism of Joe Biden, criticism of, of, of Trump, praise for Joe Biden and praise for Trump when both are warranted. For the time being, we have a media apparatus in this country that is desperately trying to help Joe Biden win. And it's creepy. And it's dangerous because if they're not told through the vote that we will not accept this, they'll keep doing it. I'll leave it there. I got one more segment coming up in a few minutes. Stick around and I'll see you all shortly. China is notorious for its censorship. The great firewall, they call it. Facebook apparently is hiring Chinese nationals because they're experts on this to bring them here to censor us, to manipulate us. And we've got probably one of the biggest scandals in the history of this company, major corporations trying to influence, manipulate, and even silence political movements. The one story we have, and I just have one story in this, in this greater story here from the New York Post, meet your Chinese Facebook censors. In this, Sorab Amari writes, China is one of the most censorious societies on earth. So what better place for Facebook to recruit social media censors? There are at least half a dozen, quote, Chinese nationals who are working on censorship, a former Facebook insider told me last week. So at some point, the Facebook bosses thought, hey, we're going to get them H-1B visas so they can do this work. The insider shared an internal directory of the team that does much of this work. It's called hate speech engineering. George Orwell, call your office. And most of its members are based at Facebook's offices in Seattle. Many have PhDs and their work is extremely complex involving machine learning teaching, computer uh, teaching computers how to learn and act without being explicitly programmed, as the techie website deepai.org puts it. When it comes to censorship on social media, that means teaching the Facebook code so certain content ends up at the top of your newsfeed, a feat that earns the firm's software wizards discretionary bonuses per the ex-insider. It also means making sure other content shows up dead last like, say, a New York Post story on the Biden's dynasty dealings with Chinese companies. To illustrate the mechanics, the insider took me as his typical Facebook user. They take what Soreb sees, and then they throw the newsfeed newsfeed list into a machine learning algorithm and neural networks that determine the ranking of the items. Facebook engineers test hundreds of different iterations of the rankings to shape an optimal outcome and root out what bosses call borderline content. YouTube announced something similar that they would be reducing the visibility of what they call borderline content. Last night on the Timcast IRL podcast, check it out if you haven't already, we had Alam Bakari, tech reporter for Breitbart, who has exposed a lot of this. He talked about, he has a new book called Deleted. He talks about how they're trying to manipulate people to make them center. They want people to leave the far right. So they track people who left the far right as they see it, Try and figure out what content made them do it and then feed that content to people to make them leave the far right. The only problem is that, as we know, to the left, everyone to the right of Stalin is far right. So the center to these people is actually 
quite a bit left. But let me show you something more worrisome. This is is an expose from Project Veritas from the 19th. Senior Google manager on search engines power. You are just plain and simple trying to play God. But the very specific part that I want to show you is this. O'Keefe said this ranking member at Google says there will be riots at Google if Trump wins. He says Google and YouTube play God with their power and even raises concerns about Google outsourcing American jobs. Ritesh Lakar says, Lakkar says, quote, I can't keep doing this. Go and teach Chinese people how to do American jobs and come back and get surveilled on the way. Journalist says, were you doing that for Google? Google, Fitbit, yeah, those two companies primarily. Journalist says, so you were going there and working for Google in China. Lakar says, yeah, yeah. Wow, that's scary. I'm scared they're going to start doing that stuff, doing stuff like that here. Lakar says, yeah. And when you have these candid conversations with your friends who are centrist or Republicans, then you wonder all of a sudden, like, oh, I should vote for Trump. Lakar told a Project Veritas journalist that playing God with Google users and YouTube made him uncomfortable and he wants to leave Google. It doesn't jive with me. The journalist says, you guys own YouTube too, right? He says, we play God with that too. So why? Why do they allow my channels? Makes you wonder, doesn't it? I think I might have a, 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 a good reason because I produce content that leftists don't like, that shines a light on a lot of this, that conservatives do like, but many of my political, my social opinions are left leaning. So they found a way that on certain issues to attract a conservative audience and then expose them to centrist and even left leaning opinion. That's right. I believe it is entirely possible, nay probable. The only reason that Google allows me to stay on the platform for the time being, the only reason I have millions of subscribers is because you have conservatives who watch me and they're not the, uh, actually, I, I think, I think that's the biggest block, but uh, a lot of people seem to think all my viewers are like far right or Trump supporters. That's not true. It's like in the, in the low 30% followed by libertarian, followed by liberal. Uh, and I, so we, I did, I did a poll a long time ago. Um, But anyway, the point is they want to get rid of certain channels. They don't like certain kinds of content on the platform. They want mainstream conservative. But Tim Pool provides a really, really great function like we're learning from Facebook. Expose people to content from me. And I've heard people say they've watched my content and it pulled them away from the far right. Now, I got to be honest. I'm actually kind of okay with that. You know what I mean? Like if people are getting extremist opinions and they watch me and it kind of like brings them back to reality, that's a good thing. And the same is true for the left. So maybe ultimately they really like it. I've heard people say they were leftist. They watch my content. Now they're more moderate. I've heard people say they were far right. They watch my content. Now they're just mainly conservative. Maybe that's a good thing. I mean, I think YouTube likes that. That's what's happening. I think they're manipulating it. I don't like they manipulate opinion, but I do kind of like the idea that people who watch my content may become more moderate in their views, calm down, you know, uh, condemn violence and call for more reasonable solutions. I think that's a possibility. I think you look at what he's talking about with YouTube playing God. I can't imagine there's a scenario where YouTube doesn't know who I am and that I think YouTube knows what they're doing with my content. Maybe now that I've said this, they'll nuke my content. I don't know. I don't like the censorship. I don't like the manipulation. And I'm scared for what's to come next. I think ultimately their goal isn't to keep someone like me around, however, it may be convenient for them that people who are far right now become a bit more moderate by watching me. But all that does is shift the Overton window to the left, which is a, which is problematic. I mean, I don't want 
too many people to become far leftists. I want kind of everybody to become more center. But guess what? I've mentioned recently that my content, this channel was blacklisted. All of a sudden, people started noticing my channel wasn't blacklisted. It happened right around the time I called it out. Apparently, somebody at Google must be watching or YouTube. Maybe around the time I started, I broke like a million subs. They were like, this channel seems to be significant. This guy's got lots of followers. So they allow it to exist. They've banned a ton of people arbitrarily. They allow me to exist. But all of a sudden, my, my content is no longer on the blacklist. However, regionally, it seems to still be blacklisted. and We don't know why. Perhaps what's happening is like they did with Facebook, they've identified my content as something that actually is good to de-radicalize people. But they won't let the left see it in certain blue areas because it would de-radicalize them as well. Perhaps they view my channel as a good gateway away from the extreme to the center, but only for the right. And they don't want people on the left to see it because they're shifting everything to the left. Maybe. Maybe we can all just assume there's a magical, benevolent group of people saying we want everyone to be centrist. The left is too far left. The right is too far right. Bring everyone to the center. And they use me as that. I don't believe it. I hope so. I wish my content was more available to people on the left, but many of them just aren't willing to listen to uh, reason, I suppose. I'm absolutely willing, uh, willing to listen to reason, invite these people on my show and have these conversations, but they don't want to do it. They just make excuses later on. Let's read a little bit more about what's going on at Facebook, though. Facebook engineers test hundreds of different iterations of the rankings to shape an optimal outcome and root out what bosses call borderline content. It all makes for perhaps the most chillingly sophisticated censorship mechanism in human history. What they don't do is ban specific pro-Trump hashtag, says the ex-insider. Instead, content that is a little too conservative, they will downrank. You, can, you can't tell it's censored. I want to address that and ask a very serious question. I have a concern that if these platforms are left alone, it will get extremely bad. Now, Alan Bakari said, if they left it alone, then the arguments would have bore themselves out and people would have, you know, maintained a fairly moderate disposition. And only because of their interference have things gotten this bad. But I remember early YouTube where it was just thumbnails of women in bikinis. And then like you click the video and it'd be something else. And people were just trying to get views and stuff. I do believe that there is a possibility without any kind of curation, then shock content takes over. And we ended up seeing that with police brutality in the early 2010s and uh, the late 2000s and early 2010s. It was only through their intervention. They actually downranked a lot of the stuff, but it was too little too late, thus creating the intersectional, you know, and Black Lives Matter movements. Seriously, it was Facebook pushing the sentiment. If their goal is to trim the fringes and bring people back to a moderate center, would that be a good thing? I think on the surface, it sounds like it is. The problem is with it in the long run. It's as the saying goes, I may not agree with your speech, but I do not trust anyone to determine what speech is good. You see, the reason I would probably have a bias where I say it's good they're going to bring everybody, everybody to the center is because I'm kind of a centrist, right? That is my personal bias accepting a benefit to myself. So I reject it outright. I don't know if I'm right. I don't know who's right. I know that we want to be honest about the facts and let people come to their own conclusions. And maybe there are some left wing things we should consider and some right wing things we should consider. But when you see them saying they want to make things centrist and you are a moderate or a centrist, you say that sounds good. But if you're a conservative and you believe you're right, that's a bad thing. If you're a, a, a progressive, it's a bad thing. I'm not going to trust Facebook to make these decisions, which is why I default to free speech on these platforms. I can't tell you what the right thing to do is. 
And I've got a bunch of theories as to why they probably allow me to remain on the platform. Maybe it's just because they don't like me, but I, I don't break the rules. So what are they going to do about it? No, but I think I think YouTube does like me. I've heard people at Google do like my content because it addresses issues in a moderate way. So it's kind of like to them, to the far leftists, acceptable conservatism, even though my political opinions are actually pretty liberal. But I'm for free speech and the Constitution and gun rights and all that stuff. So it creates this acceptable kind of right they want on the platform. But I'd be willing to bet in the long run they get rid of everybody, they get rid of me, and then they shift the Overton window. I'll tell you this. The last thing we need is Facebook bringing on Chinese specialists and censorship. That's the scary reality of what's happening. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 10 a.m. tomorrow. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all next time.